back to another episode of Dad Teaches Me About Wine. It's the podcast that teaches you as much as you've been pretending that you know about wine. I'm Madeline Quigley. And I'm Matt Quigley. distinctive sound i recorded that and i'm sure it has such a specific sound all right and we're back again oh so soon with another episode on south american wine last week if you didn't catch it already we did a whole episode on warm weather grapes in south america wines that you may have seen and ones that you should definitely look out for uh and today we're changing it up a little bit and we're going to be doing cool weather grapes and i can already tell you what one of them is Pinot. My dad had a just got really excited about the fact he got to find some South American Pinots uh, that we and I quote never get up in the United States. Am I right? Well, I may have misspoken. Yes. Oh, really? You found them? Oh, that's what we got right in front of us already. So I quite literally dove right into that. So let's take a step back. Mm-hmm. Um, cool weather grapes. Right. So. Folks in the in the business, in the uh, wine business, in the wine business, kind of separate. Uh, there's a big separation between warm weather and cool weather grapes. So the warm weather grapes tend to be the stuff that's planted on the valley floor in, in Napa. So like Cab, Syrah, um, Merlot, things like that. Now yeah. The cool weather grapes are the things that grow best. Um, by the by the uh, sea ocean or river valleys and they include um, Chardonnay uh, Pinot Noir and uh, to a certain extent Sauvignon Blanc although that can also grow in warmer weather uh, Gamay is also a cool weather grape but no one grows Gamay except in France I was gonna say in France <laughs> also I gotta say even that one minute summary you just did right there was very helpful I feel like people will like that little refresher you just did thank you Sure. So these grapes are, so the interesting thing about Argentina and Chile, which once again, you were saying those are the big countries for even just all wine pretty much coming from South America, from sure. South America. Both of those have huge coastlines, right? They both have huge coastlines and rivers, but they're both basically known internationally for their hot, yeah, uh-huh. uh, for their hot weather grapes. So if you just grab somebody off the, you know, the street, somebody knowledgeable about wine, and say Argentina, the first thing they're going to say is Malbec. Yeah, exactly. You say Chile, they're going to say Cap, Cabernet Sauvignon. But in fact, both of these countries have areas that produce uh, what I consider to be really world-class cool-weather um, wines. And um, that was one of the great things about being in Peru is that you know, we had the opportunity to sample some of these, uh, uh, sample some of them in some pretty neat places. Like we had a wonderful Pinot on the here in Bingham going to... Uh, That's a, the train. A special train going to Machu Picchu. Exactly. And you had another one at a restaurant. Did, did you have a Pinot at that first dinner in Cusco? At that restaurant that was like a, a block from the hotel? You got alpaca steak? I got alpaca steak, but I found a Chilean cab that night. As a matter of fact, I have a picture of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that is 
not pertaining to this episode. That doesn't pertain to what we were talking okay, about. Okay, that's fine. So yeah. you... And a Luna 1300, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but did you, you liked something, um, you, there's another Pinot you liked, wasn't there? Well, actually there are a couple of Pinots that I like, but let me, um, let me just put things in perspective. Please do. So in Chile, we talked about the, the Central Valley being very warm just south of Santiago and where all the um, where all the warm weather grapes are grown. Yes. Specifically Cab and um, Carmenere. Yes. However, there are little valleys tucked to the other side of the coastal range. So they're, they have a lot of maritime influences. So they're cool. So mm-hmm. they're cool weather. So the, the, in, in Chile, there are two. There is Casablanca and... Um, uh, San Antonio. Mm-hmm. In um, Argentina, uh, they don't have any ocean influences, but what they do have is a very long country that goes quite far south where it gets very cool. And what they have is Patagonia. And so they make wines in Patagonia. That's where they're making the wines. That's where That's they're making why, the wines. I swear it's because it's a popular area that people... Go to. Go to. They know that oh, we'll throw some vineyards in here. Well, I don't know if they specifically did it that way, but yeah. I think it's part of it. But well, at least you know you can visit these places if you went to the country. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So. And actually, um, from now Patagonia is a hike from Mendoza, yeah. which is, you know, uh, which is kind of the central portion of uh, Argentina. But Santiago is very close to the, uh, to both the uh, two, uh, to Casablanca and uh, San Antonio. Okay. Yeah. So what we're having here is a Pinot right. from Casablanca in, in Chile. Okay. Well, here, let's do it. All righty. Um, acidic? It's a little acidic, but I think it's a balanced wine. Beautiful fruit. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. How am I So this is a producer called Casas de uh, Basque, B-O-S-Q-U-E. Uh-huh. And as I said, this is out of the uh, Casablanca Valley. Um, one of my new favorite producers... I've had now at least a couple of wines from these guys, and they've been all very good. Is Conosur, C-O-N-O, new word, S-U-R, and that's out of San Antonio Valley. Okay. And they also make a couple of different uh, Pinot Noirs. Did you discover this on the trip, or...? The Conosur I did. Uh, I'm so surprised you're sharing your secrets. Ah, true. Your dad's like, bleep it out, bleep it out. Can you find these in the U.S.? Uh, this bottle I, um, obtained in the state store and I actually found a connoisseur in the state store as well. Um, a single vineyard wine, um, a bit different than the wine that I had on the train, but, uh, interesting nonetheless. Yeah. And a remarkable value, uh, Mm -hmm. a, a single vineyard Pinot for about $25 and that's in our state store, which means... If you belong to a free state, you could probably get it for about $20. Yeah. And it's a quality uh, bottle of Pinot. 
So yeah, if you're a Pinot fan, this could be a good way to, or if you know someone who's a Pinot fan, because I feel like that's something people are, that'd be a good gift to give someone. Oh, absolutely. It'd be a really interesting wine to... And, you know, parallel to um, to Pinot production is Chardonnay production. Well, I was going to say that we also drink a lot of Chardonnay in South America. Right. So I wanted to give a shout out to actually one of the most um, really uh, sublime Chardonnays that I've had in a long time. And that was actually out of Casablanca as well. And that was a producer called Ritual, R-A-T-U-A-L. Did you find this here? No. Mm. I don't know if they um, import or not, uh, but clearly uh, there are the capabilities in these cool weather areas of producing some terrific wines, which, as I said, really haven't gotten any kind of press or appreciation in the United States. I, uh, you know, I follow Eric Asimov in the um, New York Times. He's sort of the wine critic's wine critic, and I've never... Uh, seen anything in the last five or ten years on cool weather um, South American You should pitch it to wines. him, Dad. Mm. I'll, I'll connect you. I, I totally... Okay. Well, yeah, I got I, I you. told you the whole reason I'm doing this is so someday I get to meet Eric Asimov. Well, also, it's like you don't want these wines to be put in the New York Times, Dad, because then they'd and become... And I can't find yeah, them. Yeah, you wouldn't be... They'd be super... <laughs> they double in price the, and I can't find they them. They might start importing them, though, if they... True. You might be able to get more of them. True. I like how we act like that. We're going to cause such a... We're going to just disrupt yes, the South... Yeah. The wine market. Um, all right. So you had... You really enjoyed Pinot and Chardonnay from right. those two areas. Right. Plus, uh, we had... Uh, twice we had uh, a Pinot at dinner, uh, which was from Patagonia. Yeah. In, uh, and you liked them. Yeah, it was excellent. As a matter of fact, it was the wine that we had at the um, at the museum. At the Map Cafe. At the Map Cafe. A shout out to the Map Cafe. Yeah, I was going to actually say, we have a little bit of extra time. Maybe we could go over a little bit of the meals we had. Would you be interested in doing that? Sure. sure. Um, I don't know if there was anything specific left that you had to say. I mean, you discovered a little bit, but did you know much about South American Pinot or I'd never tasted Chardonnay? One. I'd never tasted one Even before. a Chardonnay. Correct. Wow. So, well, the only Chardonnays that I had were like Monte's Central Valley Chardonnay, which were hot weather throwaway wines. They were of, of no interest at all. So for me, uh, the, the trip down there was the ability to sample all these uh, wines that otherwise would be difficult to find in the States. Perfect. And, and they turned out to be clearly... Um, World class. I mean, these wines, oh, that's good to hear. These these wines will stand up against any other Pinots or Chardonnays, you know, in the international market. So you wish you could get your hands on them a little. I yeah, I do. Um. Yeah. All right. So I'm gonna just kind of go over some of the big. We Dad and I had a wonderful time, and I actually posted on my own blog, which is thegalavanter.com, the g a l hyphen i v a n t e r dot com. I'll put it in the show notes. I put a a post on my blog about foods in Peru that we ate and I'm also writing a restaurant guide for all the restaurants that we went to but one thing I want to mention I can't believe we haven't talked about it yet Pisco we haven't talked about I mean it's not a wine but it, it is a great brandy and right. we drank a lot of it right so 
Pisco is a, a brandy, which means it's it's distilled twice, and it's forty uh, percent alcohol, eighty proof. Mm -hmm. I think the grape is a variation of the Muscat. Oh, really? Uh, that makes grape. sense. Uh, and it's grown in a bunch of different countries, including obviously uh, Peru. Yeah, and I think Peru and national, Chile are yeah, the kind of the known national for it. national drink. Uh, Pisco and, sour. Yeah, and it's used to mix in thousands of different mixed drinks. Oh, I mean, I mean, pretty much like anything, it'd be like they had every drink you've ever heard of, but with Pisco instead of yeah. instead of instead whatever of gin or vodka or scotch rum yeah. or whatever. Yeah. It was yeah. everywhere, but Pisco Sour was the big one, and that is just a like just. It's pretty complicated. It's actually lemon, sugar, and uh, egg whites. Egg whites. Yeah. It's so a frothy uh, construction. It basically has a layer of icing on the top of it. Is the way I always think of it. It's like really thick and foamy at the top. And like um, tequila, there's also a, a whole class of um, artisan. Uh, Piscos, yeah, uh, which range upwards of fifty or seventy dollars a bottle, and uh, we went into a pisco bar at one point, and I tried a couple of them, and for me, they all taste like fire. Water. They just, yeah, they literally, yeah, dad, they taste like fire water. They're <laughs> yeah, just like I, mean, I, I'm not, I don't have enough of a. Of Does a, anyone have a palate? A palate for forty percent alcohol? I don't know. I think you'd really have to work at it. Uh, it reminds me of when I was in Vietnam and the, I'd stay in home states and people would make me drink their rice wine or they're just like, it, what is distilled rice? Well, they called it happy is, water. They called it happy yeah, water. Distilled rice is sake. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. guess it, it, they just called it like rice wine or happy water and it just tasted like so strong. But I got to admit, I woke up always and I didn't, I was never hung over from it. I don't know what it was. Well, this Pisco is not a wine. It is definitely a, a distillate. Oh, yeah, so it is. So it's 40% alcohol, 80 proof. So it's... But we tried tough. a lot of really great Pisco sours. A big thing there is passion fruit. They have local passion fruits that are um, really delicious. So we did passion fruit ones and uh, Chicha Morada, which is a, uh, a corn drink that people drink there. Uh, they do a, it's like corn and pineapple basically and spices. They do a, uh, a chicha morada with Pisco. It's really good. And then we also had a drink at the Map Cafe where you had that good wine. If you remember, it was gooseberry and Pisco. Yep. Another interesting fruit that we had. Um, I guess other than that, the interesting other thing we had was that gin that in the previous episode we mentioned that we... Had a, a cocktail at Central. Right, with the Amazon gin. So gin is basically a neutral spirit to which they've added juniper berries. Mm -hmm. So this company, instead of adding juniper berries, uh, uses like 10 or 12 different um, I can't even... herbal uh, um, herbs from the, the Am Amazon uh, and adds it to the gin to give it a very unique taste and then... The cocktail was mixed with some type of cactus juice. Uh, you know what I realized that I, you know what I'm gonna get, Dad, so I can make. So basically, Dad and I went on this wild goose chase for the gin, and we kind of found it in the end. It wasn't the exact one, but it was by the same company. You can buy aloe water. Aloe water is really big. It's just like liquid aloe um, with watered down a little bit, and that would be really good. I bet with the gin mixed into it. So 
Probably about anything with that gin mixed in would be good. <laughs> it was good stuff. And uh, I love the, the sommelier. Maybe she's listening. We told her to listen to the podcast. If so, she was wonderful. This is our sommelier. At Central. At Central. She um, was the one who like told me to, to, to seek out the gin. And she gave us a ton of information and stuff. And we had... That was the restaurant we were saying that we um, had wines that weren't just from um, South America. Well, really, we had wines from around the world because they were trying to match them, pair them with the, right. the 17 different courses that we had. Yeah, 17. Which were all based on different altitudes. Absolutely. Not attitudes, but altitudes. What was your favorite meal on the whole trip, Dad? Oh, boy. What's something that just sticks out? Well, I really enjoyed the, the map meal. Yeah, that was, was really good. A really well-balanced uh well-conceived meal but of course it's hard to uh, not give a shout out to central being the fourth or fifth best restaurant right. in the world absolutely so the map room that's the archaeological museum in cusco they have a restaurant in there it's really unique and wonderful um and then i mean the other thing about central that is unique is that um um I don't know if you want. Yeah, that um, you can get. We we got a uh, world class meal for two with matching wines. A lot of wine and cocktails. Nine wines, two cocktails, and one beer, guys. That's right. a lot of alcohol. Right, and the whole tab for two people came to five hundred dollars, which on one hand sounds like a lot of money, but try going to any top ten restaurant in the world, two people with. Um, nine wines with wines and cocktails for every uh, for every course uh, you ain't coming close to that it's it's going to be a lot higher so uh -huh. it's, it's actually for what you get it's quite reasonable so if you're thinking of going to Lima um, book ahead because they, they're book now yeah they're typically months and months ahead in terms of reservations yeah how long did you book ahead uh, six months six months exactly um, great yeah, Central, and even just, I really enjoyed, we stopped at a lot of just tiny restaurants and did the alpaca steak and the quinoa soup and all that stuff. So good food and good beverages and well, the, good time. Well, the other shout out is the uh, Amazon restaurant, Amaze, yeah. Oz, uh, whatever, really... which also makes, uh, you know, top 100 restaurants in the world. Really? Yeah. It's actually in that book about the thousand restaurants to eat before, before you, you die. die. Yeah, I see yeah, that. It's in there. Uh, interesting. Uh, cool. And I guess I also just, once again, I guess I'm really giving shout outs to Belmond, but we traveled with Belmond for pretty much the entire trip. Yeah, B-E-L-M-O-N-D, Belmond. Yeah. British company. Mm -hmm. And we, I didn't know about them before the trip, did you? No. And they really are top notch. And we, even aside from like it just being a good service, I feel like we did learn a lot through them. Their guides were really knowledgeable. They did an, made an extra effort to serve us local things and teach us about lo local cuisine. And all their staff were local and I and spoke very English very well, so I could have conversations and ask them for... I mean, how many recommendations did their staff give us? I was like grilling everyone we met. Anyone who was with me for longer than 10 minutes, I'd be like, so what's your favorite this? What can I do in this neighborhood? What do you suggest here? True. Yes, and they were all unfailingly polite and uh, knowledgeable and uh, 
We hardly had to touch our bags at all. No, I don't think I touched my bag until I was back in Pittsburgh. (laughs) Uh, Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in again. Uh, I hope you missed us. We missed you. This was so fun uh, recording again, and we're back and better than ever, like I said. So if you want updates on the show, like, hey, we're going to Peru, we're taking a little break, you'll find all the up-to-date information on our Instagram at Dad Teaches Me About Wine. Questions, comments, concerns, or corrections can be sent to our email, dadteachesmeaboutwine at gmail.com, which reminds me that um, we did get an email about French wines from someone, and we are going to uh, get back to you on that. Um, so thanks. Yeah. For, for emailing us. Um, alrighty. Shall we? Cheers. Cheers.